How you spend your money is, in many ways, how you spend your life. So how can you generate not just a return on your investments, but a return on life? Welcome to the Own Your Wealth Podcast. Whether you're a working professional, a small business owner, or thinking about retirement, listen in as host Jason Deshays of Cook Wealth discusses tax strategy, financial planning, and more to equip you to live life empowered and truly own your wealth. Welcome and thank you for joining us today for Own Your Wealth with Jason Deshays. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hello, Jason. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. I've survived another rotation around the sun and I've aged a year. I believe my favorite meme to send people is like happy age advancement day. (laughs) I suppose congratulations are in order that I got to send it to myself this week. So absolutely. You don't look a day over 50. Well, that's good. That's great. I'm glad I'm still under 50. I, I had figured I had a, a student once. I, I was an adjunct faculty at the University of New Mexico in their business program. And I had a student tell me like, oh, you look really good for being in your 40s. And at the time I was like 33. I was like, right. well, that's great. I'm I'm not 45. I'm not even near it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just took a toll on me at some point. I've had that happen as well. It's not a nice feeling. At no, all. no, no, no. If they said you'll look a day over 25, well, that's a different story. But <laughs> not not saying you don't look 10 years older than you actually are. <laughs> well, we do actually have a guest today. She oh, is- I love this guest, too. She's amazing. She's a current client of yours. and It's Elizabeth Haynes, and she is the founder of RN2 Writer. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to hear all about your story. Jason, tell me, where did you find this gem? Oh, that's a great that's a great story. I have to I do have to remind everyone that she is a current client of Cook Wealth and she is not receiving compensation for this. So this is all her true and accurate story. So Beth is I affectionately like to call her and I've known each other for I want to say 10 or 12 years at this point. It's been a long while. And she was a client of my prior CPA firm. And she was, we worked with her when she was just kind of a solo writer. And she was doing her thing then. And we've navigated through a move, going, becoming single, moving back, business operation changes. And she is just one of my favorites. And I'm just pleased that we get to still work with her, even though now I'm here in North Carolina, she's still in New Mexico. So yeah. But Beth, why don't you tell us a little about your story, a little more than the little nuggets I threw out there, but just tell us your story. Where, how did you get from going from being a nurse to a nurse writer to then coaching nurse writers? Right. Well, thank you for having me on, first of all. Like you said, our association goes back a long way. I'm a nurse, but I made my living as a freelance writer, and I did pretty good at that. And I started getting emails from other nurses who saw my byline and would say, hey, how can I get in on that action? So I started helping them just by email, just like, well, here's a boilerplate email that I would send that said, here's how to do this and get started. And pretty soon I couldn't, though, even keep up with that. And I thought, well, gosh, I could help more of these nurses if I set up a business that I offered courses and coaching and how to do this. So that's how our interwriter was born, was just seeing an opportunity in the market and 
pursuing it. And what got you even in the writing gig? So even going back a little further, what made you go, I'm here helping patch up people and I've decided I'm a write instead. I mean, that's a, that's a big departure. And I think the reason I ask is because there is, I think some self-imposed, like my career is blah, like I did this, therefore I must, and you must stay in these certain lanes. And you clearly like switched lanes, went onto a different four lane highway that you saw in the distance. And I'm just really curious. What was that spark point that said, man, I want to go do something slightly different or a lot different. Well, so I have to rewind. Now we were just talking about being old. I'm clearly the oldest person in the room today because I have to rewind back to 1989. One of my earliest jobs was as a PR coordinator for a nonprofit association. So in that job, I wrote dozens, if not hundreds of press releases and newsletters. And that was back in the day when everything was snail mail. I mean, obviously the World Wide Web wasn't invented yet. And so I didn't start my life as a nurse. I'm a second career nurse. And when I left that position in 1994, I had learned from all the media people I dealt with that a lot of them wrote on the side as freelance writers. Like I had no idea that there was such a thing as that. And so I started investigating how to be a freelance writer starting in 94, when it was really, it was, you you would write for magazines and you would type up a query letter and put a stamp on it and send it and wait for the editor to email you back and say, no, we don't want your idea. Whenever whenever I send stuff, I just never heard back ever. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It would take forever this cycle. And I kept plugging away at it, but it certainly wasn't anything I could do full time. I mean, it took probably 10 years to even get my first assignment. And so I kept plugging away and kept plugging away, but I was working in business as an ad admin assistant and working my way up to middle management. And then when I was in middle management, I had the opportunity to become a nurse. I was working at the University of New Mexico and they sent around in the employee newsletter, they said, if you have any kind of bachelor's degree, you are eligible for this new accelerated bachelor of science in nursing. And I had always wanted to be a nurse. So I jumped at that opportunity to do that became a nurse, did that for a while, discovered how super toxic healthcare is. <laughs> nursing, I always say I love nursing, but apparently it did not love me. It, and it's so a hard. That's a that is a very I mean, Tina, my wife also a UNM a Lobo BSN grad, she'd come home from a shift and it was like I had two people die because she was in the medical ICU and it was like, that was bound to happen. And there was when she was doing her clinical rotations in labor and delivery. Well, I had seven or eight babies born today and the one was in the hallway. And it was like this huge emotional weight of just the stuff that you had to deal with, which I don't know if anyone gives nurses credit for is how much they wear in taking care of people day in, day out of their career. So I, I will say you thank you for your service in this and thank you for all the nurses who may be listening that you do a great work and it is very appreciated by others that you may not hear about it. 
No kidding. I would come home exhausted. I worked in the PACU, which most people know is the recovery room. So Mm -hmm. waking people up from surgery and then sending them along mainly. And then at the end of my career, I worked for a plastic surgeon and did everything, the pre-op and the OR and all that stuff. And it's grueling being a nurse and emotional. Like you said, I, I have literally sat in exam rooms and held patients who were sobbing over a diagnosis or out of fear of a procedure or whatever. And it takes a toll on you. And I, and then also in healthcare, when I finally left nursing, they were really starting to squeeze me about how much time I was devoting to patient education. That was part of my job was to tell Mm -hmm. people, you're going to have this surgery. Here's what's involved. Here's what you can expect. And they were like, you need to pare this down to two minutes. And I'm like, how do I talk to a woman who's going to have a mastectomy with reconstruction in two minutes about what that experience is going to be like? And I came home and I was complaining about this to my husband who has since passed away. And he said, Honey, you could help more people with one article on a website like WebMD than you can possibly see at the bedside as a nurse. And the light bulb went off. And he said, you have got to consider pursuing freelance writing again, because all of this teaching that they're not letting you do, you could be doing with your writing. And that's what I did. Which is awesome. And so... So you've seen your business change. I mean, you went from freelance writing to this coaching. What were some of those moments in business that were kind of like, I need some help, right? It's like, I can't do this. You are clearly an intelligent person with very, very capable and multifaceted capability. But where was it that said, man, I'm not equipped to deal with my taxes or my bookkeeping or um, determining the right asset allocation to my retirement plan. Like wh- where are those key moments that for you that though that kind of thought process, because we have a lot of listeners who are business owners and they kind of, I will say like, think, well, I, I better do it. I'm not big enough to have that yet. I'm not this to, to have that kind of help. I'll just do it from a bootstraps and move on with my day. Well, I think you're flattering me. I I don't think I'm that intelligent. And I'm certainly not the compliment. Take the compliment. (laughs) I'm certainly not that intelligent when it comes to finances. But here's where I will give myself credit. From the beginning, as you know, Jason, of even my freelance career, my strategy has been to A, surround myself with experts who are experts in the stuff I'm not an expert in. And number two, take the attitude of, I should be doing the stuff that I'm good at and only the stuff I'm good at uh-huh. because I could I have done my taxes as a freelancer? Yeah, I could have. Would it have taken me hours and hours and hours and if I compare that to the hourly rate I was making as a writer, which was sometimes $300, $500 an hour, which blows people's minds. If I take 10 hours to do my taxes, that's five grand. Why would I not pay someone a fraction of that to do it for me instead so that I could keep making money? I'm going to reiterate that point for you because I think that is so important. Business owners need to hear that is that there is a sunk cost. 
of DIY and trying to just kind of squeeze out something for nothing and say, why well, I didn't pay for it. Well, yeah, but whether you're in a chair practicing dentistry, if you're writing an article, if you're consulting with somebody or drafting a legal agreement, all those things are revenue producing. And that is usually a much higher multiple than whatever costs you have. And that's that's a powerful leveraging of getting better expert for for ultimately cheaper than you could self-produce and get better outcomes for it. Absolutely. I mean, I not only from the beginning, even before our interwriter, but especially with our interwriter, which is a much more complex business than when I was a freelancer, um, I hired you guys to handle all my financial and tax stuff. I hired a web designer. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to invest all these hours in setting up a website when I can hire a pro to do it. Mm-hmm. I hired a bookkeeper to do all of that stuff for me. Or, I mean, I do some of the bookkeeping myself because I feel like as a business owner, I need to know what's going on. But everything that I could reasonably outsource, I outsource outsourced so that I could focus on, like you said, the revenue generation. That's my job in this business. And so, okay. So, so you were, I'd say ahead of the curve in terms of acknowledging that need for some assistance. Now, when, when did that expand into, I need some help with my, what my, you call it wealth management, my financial planning, like gain outside of just like making sure the tax is being taken care of, but to that bigger picture, making sure you're taken care of. Right. Excellent question. Well, my late husband was rather a spendthrift, not to throw him under the bus posthumously. (laughs) And maybe it's understandable. His attitude was always, we don't know if we're going to make it to retirement. We should, you know, have our retirement now. And then of course he did die early. So there Mm -hmm. you go. But I, I felt like I'm not ever going to be able to retire because we I don't have much, if anything, saved and I need to make up time. And the mm-hmm. best way, again, to do that was get some experts to say, okay, now you have this larger business that's bringing in exponentially more revenue. How can I make sure that not only I'm taken care of, but now I have employees. How can I make sure our employees are taken care of and that we can plan for these things? I can plan a retirement at last. And that's when I, again, turned to Cook Wealth because, you know, I was like, you have the best experts there and the nicest people, by the way. They are pretty nice, aren't they? I do love our team. They are Mm -hmm. fantastic to work with. Now, so one of our tenants at Cook Wealth has been a kind of return on life. And that's that, you know, return versus just return on investment where it's like, okay, good, I got 8% on this mutual fund or whatever. How does that look like for you as a client, as a someone who is the, I would say, benefactor of having service providers like us in the room with you? What does that mean? What's like, where is that brought to you in terms of like your mental state, like how you feel about things? You feel like confident, under like, more scared about the future. I hopefully not, but like, you know, what are the things that you get out beyond just the monetary issues, but like, what's that kind of more heart feeling kind of experience for you? Well, I, I, in my private life, I'm also a family caregiver. I take care of my mom 
And that takes time. And also I'm responsible. I'm her fiduciary. She uh-huh. has dementia. And and so I have to manage her money. And I find that very stressful. So one way that being affiliated with Cook Wealth helps me is I feel like I don't need to worry about my finances at all. I can I can focus on fretting about hers. And at uh-huh. least I don't have the stress of mine. The other thing is, this is less of a day-to-day thing, but like I said, I really didn't think I was going to be able to retire. And now I like have a huge, what do I want to say, faith. I have faith now that actually I will be able to retire and travel, which I would like to do, and mm-hmm. all things like that. And that's because of Cook Wealth's expertise, not mine. Like I wouldn't know. I, As you know, Jason... I email you or Derek and I'm like, okay, what should I do now? This is the situation. What should I do with the money? Like, where should it go? Should I spend it? Should I pay this off? Should I whatever, whatever? And I do what you guys tell me to do. And now magically it's all working. Whereas it was not when I was trying to do it myself. Did they ever tell you to go spend it? (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, in terms of Well, yes, absolutely. Because I like to travel. And I recall, I think it was in, it may have been in January. I'm not positive now. It may have been when I went to Miami Beach recently. I was like, should I take cash? And should I just, and I'm I'm positive. You all were like, yeah, go give yourself a draw and have the money and go spend it. Because all of you over there at Cook Wealth, you really get the quality of life thing. Like you remember we had that conversation. I said, yes, I know I need to be frugal to fund my retirement, but that's going to backfire if I Uh can't have some discretionary income, you know, and you were all, you all were like, yeah, no, no, you need to have quality of life now while we're also doing the future. Yeah. You can't, you can't just go live. I mean, I've seen too many people do that where they live like paupers forever and then they get to 70 and they're finally now they have more money you know, to do with and they don't do It's just like, what was the joy in that whole accumulation period was gone because you were too busy trying to get some magic number that you hit that now you don't even know what to do with. Uh, and I, and I, I remember that conversation, Beth, and I really love that the interplay there because it's not about, I think our role is not to just be like the naysayer that says, no, the only thing you do is accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And then, spend as little as humanly possible. It's about the balance of was viable now, what allows you to live, and then ultimately what keeps you in a good state for as long as possible. And that good state may not look like you're a McMillionaire kind of thing. It may just be like chugging along and that's okay. But I, I always enjoy our conversations and emails back and forth about various issues. And that's that's the one thing I really love about how we work with our clients and in particular our business owners, because their business, like your business, is a part of their life. And it's hard. You can't just separate and say, well, I, you know, I close the door at my home office where all the magic happens and then I go in the rest of it and it's just still there. It's really a, a part of it. And so be able to talk through it and identify issues. And, and I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about like finding the little parts of the process that can be changed like here and there rather than wholesale departures from things. So I really enjoy having those kind of dialogues and saying, you know, yeah, let's try this. Have you looked at this yet? Have, has this been working out okay for you? And, and those kind of little iterative changes to your business to make sure it works really well for you. 
And I think that might be a fallacy, a wrong set mindset that I have. You know, the financial people that I've seen in the public have really been about just deny, deny, deny. Uh-huh. And it is like I just look at these plans that I see and I'm like, OK, that's never going to work for me. <laughs> you know, so being able to spend is an important part. And there's and I think we've seen people uh, where their advice I mean, there's now that said, I want to say that there's spend and there's spend aggressively where people are living way outside their means. And that's a whole other we'll have a whole podcast about that. I'm sure Is that wrong. Uh, it's go figure. If you spend on everything and run on credit cards your whole life, it may not work out good for you. So, Beth, I want to get back to you and talk about this transition that with our underwriter. And so what have you seen? Because this is this is impacting lives. You're changing people's trajectory as part of your coaching. What has that done for you? What do you feel from that? Like, could you share like a, something where you've to help someone through their process and like what you've kind of seen that they've been able to accomplish through your program and, and those kind of things? Yes. Um, thank you for asking, because we really do change lives with our programs at our Writer. It's very humbling to me to know the impact we have. And we get messages literally every day from nurses who have said things like, I can't thank you enough. This has changed my life because I was disabled from nursing and I thought I'd never be able to use my nursing knowledge or skills again. But now I found this and I just had my first article published and I really can see the potential here. We, in my in my career as a freelancer, I also would get um, emails from people who had read my articles online and said, as a patient or as a, a person, this changed my life. I took this to my doctor and and finally got a diagnosis. And I'm waiting to get those emails from our members at our writer when it happens to them. Like it's this chain of helping people and changing lives that is going to occur because the first time that happens to you as a writer and especially as a nurse, you're like, wow, it blows you Mm -hmm. away. Um, But right now we get, like I say, every day, lots of people saying, I just had this published and I just got to work with this client or I signed a contract over here. I had one last week where someone said, I'm quitting my job. I'm quitting my nursing job and going full-time as a writer. And it's just amazing. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I just love hearing that. I love hearing the impact in other people's lives. And it's kind of that pay it forward because you made that that help facilitate that change. The next person helped facilitate it. And it kind of just keeps trickling forward. And it's just really positive over, over something. When you think about it, when it's like, well, it's writing, what like and you're like no it's because you're helping inform and coach and train people you're teaching people how to maybe help provide advocacy for themselves and say i didn't know what i could describe it for but this article explains it perfectly and this is why i'm feeling and can we get checked and make a change exactly so, yeah thank you beth for all that work you oh. do for people no like i say it's very it's rewarding but it's also very humbling because i don't for my personal role i don't see that i really do that much i just am, i i just share knowledge like here's what i did you can do it too 
just follow these steps, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem to me like a lot. To me, that's just um, normal. Like, why would we not share what we know yeah. to try to help other people benefit from it too? But it's just nice that so many people are doing it. Super cool. Super cool. So is there anything else that you want to, while you've got the mic, as it were, is there anything you want to tell us about things that happen to Arden to Writer, other things you want to share with other uh, small business owners of your experience that you want to make sure that they've got and they could hear? Well, in terms of Arden to Writer, just if nurses are listening or if you know a nurse, tell them to come and check us out because what we teach is easy to do as a side gig for extra income. Like it's not, you don't have to wholesale up and quit your job and take this big risk and leap of faith. You know, you can do this on the side, which is nice. In terms of other small business owners, do not shoot yourself in the foot by trying to bootstrap absolutely everything. Like outsource the things that make sense that are not in your wheelhouse. So you can continue to do the things that are in your wheelhouse, it's going to make your business stronger and more efficient to do that, I think. In fact, I tell this to nurses in our programs. You would not think that, you know, setting up a freelance writing business is not is not complicated. And we get this question, do I really need someone to do my taxes? And I'm like, well, no, but you should, because you should be doing the money-making stuff, uh-huh. you know? So anyway... I don't consider myself by any means a small business expert, but that's what I would tell people. Very insightful. And I would concur. When I don't do this professionally, there was two years where I didn't have access to tax software. I didn't even do my own taxes and I knew what I was doing. And it was refreshing because it was like really kind of putting it on the people who knew what they were doing and not getting hung up on, well, I can figure it out. Yeah, I got to go figure out TurboTax. That ain't going to happen to me. I'm going to have to go take a tutorial class or something, but. Well, believe me, I I just want to say that I've always said, you know, I spend half my business life just trying to stay off the IRS's radar. Like there's nothing more terrifying (laughs) than an envelope arriving that says internal revenue service. And if I get audited, I don't want to have to do that on my own. You know what I'm saying? Talk to my accountant. (laughs) It was not my fault. (laughs) Well, Beth, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. It's just always a joy to talk with you. Oh, thank you for having me on. You know, I I do love the people over at Cook Wealth, and I appreciate so much everything you do for me and my employees and our business. So thank you. And Elizabeth, tell me, how can people get more information about RN to Writer? So they can visit us at rn2writer.com. It's a numeral two, so rn numeral two writer.com. You can also find the RN to writer show on Spotify and Apple podcasts and YouTube. We, you can get started for as little as $5 and 90 cents by buying our ebook design your dream career as a nurse writer. And we also welcome all other healthcare professionals. So amazing. Well, thank you for joining us today. Continued success to you. And Jason, how can people get in touch with you about Cook Wealth? Well, they can go over to cookwealth.com. No, no, no numerals in that one, just cookwealth.com. And then give us a call at our office, 919-784-9100. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. 
Thank you for listening to the Own Your Wealth podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at cookwealth.com or give us a call at 919-784-9100. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Cook Wealth Management Group, LLC, is a registered investment advisor with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Cook Wealth Management Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.